Happy Friday, theater lovers. This week's guest is Jeff Mantha. Jeff is animated, goofy, and a self-proclaimed hopeless romantic. We chat about how he sacrifices his body for the art of theater and how films, and in particular classic films, have shaped his personality, especially his natural urge to mimic certain actors. This episode is a little sweary. I tried to bleep it out, but I would still shield your children accordingly. On with the show. So uh, welcome, Jeff Mantha, to Sarnia Famous. Delighted to have you here. Uh, you are still fairly fresh from your run of Fox on the Fairway. And so I'm dying to know, like, uh, let me live vicariously. Tell me, tell me all about that experience. Well, we were going to put this show on two years ago with a very similar cast, uh, excluding one individual. Um, but there was this thing uh, that kind of got in our way, just like weeks, just we were so close to the finish line, and uh, COVID shut everything down. So all the work and uh, that we put into the show, just like that, in an instant, it was done. Well, two years passed, and uh, ramblings, you know, things were starting to open up, and I received a message from uh, Ruth Francoeur going, if you're interested and available... <laughs> So at this point, I'm like, okay, two years have gone by. My life has drastically changed. I actually just moved back to Sarnia full-time. And we I bought a house. We were doing renovations. <laughs> so I just kind of looked at myself. I'm like, well, I put in the time two years ago, and I'm a person that sees it through to the end. And luckily, my spouse, uh, Kendra, she was amazing. She was my rock during this time. She says, I want you to do it. If you really want to do it, just go out and do it. Just don't hurt yourself. <laughs> I did one of those things. Uh, oh, you did you did the show and then you hurt yourself, or? Uh, uh, I was just saying my hip is still a little bit sore after the second to last show. What did you do to your hip? If I only knew <laughs> the amount of running and jumping around I did, yeah. I'm lucky I didn't bash my head in. It is a very active um, role that you had. Uh, and I mean, two years have passed, so you know you've grown a little older. Perhaps your and hip is rounder, a little, <laughs> a little bit more round. It you was, got the the Rona, the Rona weight. I think it hit all uh, of us. We call it the father figure. Oh, I see the dad bod. <laughs> father figure. It sounds a little bit more. Difficult. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Fair enough. But yeah, you make a really good point about how, like, when you sign on for a show, you sign on based on where your life is at at that moment you don't think about well what if we get shut down for a couple years am i going to want to do it then so that's that's interesting and fortuitous that you just moved back to sarnia where had you moved off to well uh i was living out in florence and okay. uh, but i was still working in town so i was here every day so it's definitely been a big adjustment but i think it's for the better fair enough where i'm from alberta originally so i'm not Familiar. Where where is Florence? Uh, Florence is near the Dresden area. Okay. So okay. forty five minutes down, like past Oil Springs, just uh, where the devil shot the woodpecker, as oh. they would say. Oh. Okay, that's interesting. So is this like a local thing? Like if you say that, people are gonna know where the devil uh, shot the woodpecker. I've only heard it from my uh, mother in law. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's clever. It's memorable. <laughs> I feel like if I named the episodes anything other than the person that I was interviewing, that would be 
the name of this episode. So yeah, so um, what was it like being back on stage after the two-year hiatus? Did it all come back to you naturally? God, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, it took, uh, just going back to the script, I remember the basis of the scenes, but it was starting from scratch again. Really? And scene partner, uh, original uh, actor in the Mr. Bingham role was Trevor Morris, and unfortunately he could not come back due to his work obligations, so our producer Craig Matthews stepped into the role, and stuff that we thought was funny two years ago just didn't really fit the scene now, but uh, the changes that we made were very well calculated and by Norm Francoeur. I think we just hit our beats and we were laughing every night that we were there. So was it was it the virus and the pandemic that kind of made that humor seem different, or what was it that that changed that tone for you guys? Uh, I think it was mostly the inflection of the lines. Uh, Trevor is a little bit more animated. He would just excel like the scene. So when he would fly off the handle, I would have to kind of rise above that. So constantly kick it to eleven. Now I stayed to the eleven, and Craig he was more cerebral with the uh, his content. And he would just hit the lines in just a funnier way, (laughs) different than Trevor. Trevor would hit a line, it would just be absolutely hilarious. But Craig would find that little line just when he says, Jesus Christ. (laughs) And just every time, I could not look at him. If I was right beside him, I'd just like, nope. Because sometimes he would give me a look. I'm like, oh, he's actually going to kill me. (laughs) It it is an interesting uh, roadblock. Not roadblock, but I guess um, change to have someone different in the role because everybody's going to have a different take on it regardless of the background and the script. It's just natural for it to be different from person to person. So I would agree on that. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting, like a brand new play in a, in a lot of ways. So how did you get involved in, in theater life? This is a very long story. Well, we got like about 50 minutes, so hit it. Okay. So... <laughs> Uh, I was not really what you would call a theater kid growing up. Uh, I love films. and I would constantly just be watching films with my grandmother, with my father and my mother, and I would start imitating the characters almost constantly. <laughs> like my earliest memory is annoying my mother by talking like Gilbert Godfrey in Aladdin. <laughs> I'm molting. She would just go, what do, you want, what, do you, what do you want for dinner? I want the fistics! Why can't you give me the fistics, Mom? Oh, yeah, I can see that getting on Mom's nerves real quick. <laughs> yeah. I was the youngest one in the family, and I was like, love me, attention, attention, please, look at me, look at me, look at me, to their chagrin. But I somewhat aged out of that a little bit. <laughs> Who's to say? But I really like the creative aspect of uh, media, and somehow I would get kind of pulled into acting <laughs> in certain ways. I remember being 11 years old, and uh, we had a high school student that she wanted to get into drama. She was very drama-oriented. I can't remember her name uh, so many years ago. <laughs> so it been over 20 years, so whoever you are, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> But the idea was all the students that she would teach in the class, they had to come up with a monologue. And she was going to select three of her favorite monologues, and they were going to present it to the whole school. So I just sat there for a minute. I'm like, okay. I had to write out a script, and then in my mind, never a pen and paper, just something I would just, like, memorize and do it. So I devised a character 
who is, resembles me in many ways, <laughs> skipping school to go fishing. Hmm. Now, that was the catalyst of the story, and I remember I had a little tape recorder, and I would just keep going, memo to self. Remember to skip school more often. It's very enjoyable. But really, the reason I wanted to do this is because my mother was a teacher, and our school principal, I knew him. His name was Steve Gelinas. And so I saw it as an opportunity to kind of poke fun at him. So I would see him, and I would just go, hey, that portly man over there looks like my principal. He, he looks mad. Oh, jeez, he looks really mad. Oh, just, and it would just get a laugh about all the students. That was my only intent, is just to really just get everybody to laugh. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever stopped at that point. So uh, quite a few years go by. I am now in my 20s. And uh, I was just actually coming out of uh, a long-term relationship. So I was, like, down in the dumps. Just really down in the dumps. But... I was going back to college. I was taking process operating at Lampton College, and during this time, I met an individual. Now, when I first met this individual, he seemed to be uh, more of a braggart. Constantly, just uh, raise his hand, teacher, I have something to say. And I go, who the heck is this guy? He's so like, September goes by, I'm just like, this guy is a real pain in the butt. <laughs> and then October rolls around, and I hear him just chatting away. Just like, oh, I was watching a horror movie with my wife, and I get very standoffish. So I'm like, oh, yeah, what movie were you watching? Well, I was watching, you know, 1978's Carrie. Well, I love that movie, Brian De Palma. So we start riffing back and forth and just talking about our favorite kind of horror movies. After that, we're like, we're best friends! <laughs> best friends for life. So that man is named Trevor Morse. Uh... And he is <laughs> very much a pillar in uh, the community theater, him and his wife, Julie. And so uh, over time, I got to know Trevor, and he kept saying his dream project that he would like to put on Evil Dead the musical. And when I first met him, I'm like, man, I love that show. I saw it in Toronto. Like, it's absolutely hilarious. If you need anybody to help backstage, like, I'm your guy. So time to go on. And then he goes, I nearly got the rights to the show. I nearly got it. And I would constantly say, oh, yeah, Trevor, if you get the rights, like, I'm your guy. I'll yeah. help out. I'll do anything you need. So couple like about a year goes by i'm going in my downward spiral as it were coming out of the relationship and i'm just absolutely depressed and he just like took me out for a night after a couple beers me staring down at the table and just to cheer me up he goes hey i got the right steve dead the musical they're gonna let me put it on and i just looked at him oh if you actually have the right you son of a bitch i i will audition for it <laughs> And then I just completely changed the He goes, well, Jeff's side won too many. Little did you Cutting know, I'm exactly in the back of my head. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this to my guess. I'm going to, I'm going to dish. I'm going to do it. So the next morning I sobered up and uh, I downloaded <laughs> it. Just like, see, I'm like, can I do this? Should I do this? So I downloaded the soundtrack and I just would listen to it on repeat day after day after day after day. And eventually, uh, a couple of months go by. He just texted me out of the blue, and he goes, hey, do you, would you like to go get some lunch? So, of course, we're sitting there at Hannah, and he just had all these papers in front of him. I'm like, oh, what's going on? He goes, we're holding auditions tonight. Like, oh, oh. oh, boy. <laughs> okay. So, I'm like, well, cool. I'm like, yeah, where, where, where is it at? You know, just like, uh, it was always down at the studio. I'm like, ah, okay. So, if someone were to find it by chance. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I think he kind of clued in. He goes, it's going to be this and this time. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah we'll have fun with that. Yeah, okay. So I, I arrived there, belly full of sushi. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I remember seeing the forms. Everybody was standing in the hall. You know, they had their sides. They had this. I'm basically just coming in disheveled. And I see the papers and, like, fill in, like, fill in your name, fill in your address. Be your experience. Mm. Uh, singing style, like, like, what is your octave? I'm like, I is, uh, coming out of my mouth. So I'm basically just uh, my hands are shaking at this point, and you know I'm just like, oh, uh, I'm gonna be sick. I'm gonna be sick. I shouldn't do this. I'm just gonna run out the door. I'm just gonna run. Jeff, are ready for you? Okay, okay, let, let's go no in. No problem. So I have a whole panel just of people. It had to be like six, seven people standing in front of me. It might have as well been a hundred. So I'm, I'm digging down and I'm just going, okay, no, just, you know the song you're gonna sing, just, just do it. So I start singing good old Reliable Jake. And so I'm doing my best Southern twang, you know, just really hamming it up. And it was Ian Alexander, they were whispering to each other and Ian Alexander looks at me and he goes, okay, uh, do you think you could read uh, this section, but read it like a douchebag? Okay. <laughs> oh, that was my reaction. And I know the show and I'm going, oh, he wants me to do a Scotty. Okay. I'm not prepared for this. So we're trying to think, I don't have a model. nothing prepared for this. So they say, well, the only scene in the show where it doesn't actually have uh, any interaction with any characters is Dr. Nobi, introduction of the show where he, uh, he goes on, the Necronomicon, Book of the Dead, the, the pages inked in blood in human flesh. So they say, can you read that, but, you know, in a, a douchebag voice? So I'm sitting there for a second, and I go, okay, okay, I got this. So I come in big, and I just, you know, I'm like, the seas ran with blood. Yo, bro, you should see Stacey Abernathy down the way. Like, seriously, heavy flow, bro. We used to call her the Red River, just, woo! And just going in, then I have him, like, his eyes go popping. Bethany Tiggs is going, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> but I just wouldn't relent. I just kept going, saying any profane thing that would pop into my head. And, oh, that must have been frightening for them. <laughs> so they looked at me and they go, well, thank you for coming in. Uh, tomorrow we're going to be doing uh, uh, some singing and we're going to pair people. So uh, do you think you can come back? And I go... Yeah, uh, okay, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll come back. And I'm just sitting there going to my car. I'm going to go out my car and cry now. But I did it. I set, I set out to do something, and I did it. And Trevor, he goes, hey, Jeff, he texts me. He goes, Jeff, thank you for coming out. Please do come back tomorrow and try the singing. Uh, okay, this is getting to the serious moments. So then I sing the Jake songs, and I start listening to Scotty moments, knowing that this is going to be a big role. But, you know, just even trying to audition for it because I'm seeing people are far ta more talented and have fear experience. But I'm like, you know what? He's my friend and I'm just, uh, I'll embarrass myself and I'm not going to embarrass him. So I'm like, yes, I'll be there. So I come in the next day and uh, I'm paired up with Ryan Metzler. He was going out for Ash Williams, the lead of the show. So uh, we were doing some chemistry tests and we uh, luckily we got to sing one of my favorite songs, uh, aptly titled, What the Fuck Was That? <laughs> And I'm going, oh, this is going to be a great day. So I just <laughs> dig down deep and I just start singing. And I'm a terrible singer. I think I'm toned. I don't know what they heard, but uh, they would go, okay, Jeff, that was great. Okay, uh, Steve, you go in now. 
And then they would just keep interchanging us. And they had like, Bill Elliott, you go in. And so we kept interchanging back in. And I'm like, okay, so they're going to have me come back in and do it another time. And so in the script, it says, as soon as the song ends, I'm supposed to run out the door. So I said, that's what I'm going to do. So I'm, I prepare myself, and then it's the Evil Dead. And I just, the piano starts doing that. Dun, 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 and I just book it towards the door, not realizing that it's pulled towards you. So I'm trying to push out, and I just <laughs> right into the door. And just dying laughing, and I just went, door goes the other way. Bye. Bye. So I, I sat there, they, you know, thank you for coming in. You know, it was, you know, really great. I just was uh, very proud of myself for even just attempting to do something. And I, I drive home, and I'm just kind of sitting around just uh, doing some math homework. And I get a call from uh, Bethany. And she goes, Jeff, you know, thank you for really coming out. And uh, we uh, have uh, some news. Uh, we would like you to play Scott in Evil Dead the Musical. <sighs> so I, I'm, I'm sitting there for a second, and I go, off really and then she's just like yeah yeah you, you got the, you've got you got the part and i'm like oh geez oh, okay okay so i hang up the phone and i'm like oh i really should have given my email and uh, all this other stuff <laughs> but eventually they got all that information and uh they uh devised the date when we were going to have our first uh read through with the, the full cast have a meet and greet and uh, uh just going in there uh day one i went in very quiet shy uh, and i'm seeing uh max major bill elliott samantha reagan just uh all these heavy heavy hitters that you know when they sing it's no damn joke they come and they they bring it and i'm just sitting there i'm a fraud i'm an absolute fraud and they're gonna find out soon and replace me like that so of course i'm sitting there when i'm painfully shy which is very rare for me i just sit there max comes over and he goes hey i'm max major i'm like yeah, you're on K106.3. He goes, oh, you listen to the show? No, I listen to podcasts. <laughs> and so he just thought, like, geez, who is this guy? <laughs> so I'm sitting there quiet, and uh, we're reading through the dialogue, and semi-singing, but really just getting through the dialogue. And I would just be just head down, and I would see my line come up in this script. Oh, yeah, this trip better get me laid. Just And then I would just go from high energy just to back down to the floor. So eventually, uh, they got me to come out of my shell a lot. I became very relaxed, <laughs> but not too relaxed. I still realized I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I am a terrible dancer, yet I have to do a lot of dancing. I'm not a singer by any stretch of the imagination, yet I have to sing. And not only do I have to be the lead deadite that leads the song and dance in the final crap, but uh, through like helpful guidance from everybody's experience, they helped me get through it, and it was really a truly life-changing experience. I started getting my confidence back. My uh, depression that I was having at the time, you know, just I, it's just I pushed through that because I was having so much fun. And I was getting my life back, and I was still to this day I'm very thankful. So how was it, um, like, how did they go about getting you to come out of your shell? Was it just exposure, and over time, gradually, you kind of warmed up they're just some of the most friendly people that you would ever come across like they're high energy they just make you laugh they share some of the nerdy interests that you have well i have <laughs> personally so like every day it was just i was going in there and i was just laughing you know 
coming up with new things <laughs> to terrorize Trevor. <laughs> it sounds like it would have been a great show to kind of get your feet wet with the theater, especially because everybody in, invested in it. it. It sounded like a lot of a love, a labor of love went into that show in general. Oh, absolutely. Uh, everybody that was there just loved being inappropriate comedy. <laughs> and we kept trying to up the ante and sometimes like, can we put this in the show? And they were like, that was the one shade too far. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we're just going to dial it back. Was there someone on the team that was that person that would dial it back? Or or were you all kind of keeping each other in check? Uh, I think that uh, Ian, Alexander, and uh, the producer, and Trevor, they would sit there and like, we'd throw out everything, and they'd be like, okay, this is good, but we're going to just niche this back. Just okay. a tad. Just for good taste. And <laughs> so then uh, has improv ever been part of your experience? Because you seem like the oh, kind of dude that would be good with improv. Just basically just sitting there riffing on my own jokes. Like I will just sit there at the dinner table and just kind of create a character and just see how far I go till someone's just like, oh, okay, stop, 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 Please. stop, stop. stop. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, you're really treading on it. <laughs> Some rough territory here. So is that something that, like, uh, like Thanksgiving or Easter supper with your family, you would start doing that kind of thing? Is that what you mean? Uh, oh, pretty much every day. <laughs> no, it's not just special you have holidays. Two, you have two special, like, you know, two boys at home, and you're just like, okay, I'm going to just make them laugh. I'm just <laughs> going to do something stupid. That's super cute. So so two boys at home, are, do you think they're going to get involved in theater stuff? I hope so, actually. Uh, my oldest son there, Lincoln, he's, they just introduced drama into his class, and he's uh, you know, you know, shy and just doesn't come out of the shell, but he learned how much fun it can kind of be and just try to make people laugh. So he's coming home, and he goes, I got an A in drama today. And I'm just going, oh, there you go. Do you think you'd ever do, like, a, a play together, like, say, maybe one of the Christmas shows where there's lots of, of little kids involved? I would love to do something like that. I, but I would just, I would actually possibly prefer just like, I just want to watch them. Yeah, yeah. They tell me, so I'm like, okay, let's uh, let's see what you got. So I, you just, I want to be entertained. Sit in the audience and be proud papa. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. That's super cute. So um, you grew up watching movies, imitating characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you were creating your character for either, for any, either show or all shows, um, what's your process for that? How does that look to you? Well, so Evil Dead, uh, I was a big fan of the film series, still am to this day. So uh, the character Scotty himself, you watch him, he's like the macho guy who's always just going, an animal! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Why, are you stupid or something? So I'm going, okay, I see that. But I'm like, it's, it's so ridiculous trying to be that macho and just condescending constantly. So I'm like... I just put my voice into a higher, higher register. <laughs> so that way you can kind of have a more maniacal laugh. But he seemed in the script, he's very uh, sexually oriented. He has one goal, that is to get laid, get laid again, drink, and then try to get a three-way going. So I just, I kind of looked at that and I'm like, okay, but what if he was a little bi-curious? So I started sprinkling like little things throughout the show, just kind of, See if anyone kind of figured it out. And then as the show progressed, it became more towards like, hey, Ryan, what's going on there? Hey, buddy. <laughs> I'm just cutting up with Billy Elliot at the end. It's going, <laughs> all I can say is wow. 
So I, I thought it was just uh, just something that I thought would be funny because he's trying to hide something. He seems very closet. He's like, no one would actually do all these things unless they were trying to prove a point. And I thought it was, it's just ridiculous. So I just like, well, let's play into the ridiculous nature. I like that, those little details that shine through at the end. And, and what about with Fox? Uh, Fox, um, I would say that's uh, lots <laughs> like me in general, but just amps up to 11. Just keep going as fast as I can, as hard as I can. I'm a very loving person, I would say, but uh, sometimes when I flip off the handle, very rarely, I will say that one, that uh, it will just become big and grand. And I just kept like, okay, now just do that, but bigger. Yeah, and then that's probably the perfect character to play, really, is to be yourself, but get to be like the, the parts of yourself that are the big parts that shine through to the audience kind of thing. It's nice when a character speaks to you as a person and you can be yourself on stage. Yeah. Like to play a hopeless romantic that wants nothing but to do the right thing. It, it, I'm like, ah, hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking in a mirror. <laughs> nice contradiction, too, from your other character as well in terms of, like, <laughs> relationship goals. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> It was something that my grandmother could come and see and enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Rather than go, which one is your grandson? Oh, you stupid bitch! Not him. Not that guy. I don't know. I don't not, have a not grandson. Him. Not him. Not him. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not my grandson. So were there were particular films in your life that impacted you the most in terms of creating your character? or I mean, uh, you're, you personally, not necessarily characters in, in plays, but... Do you feel like there's movies that you've watched a hundred times that maybe developed who you became as an adult? Um, okay. I would say, oh, well, I'm a big film aficionado. Um, but just uh, character-wise and just the, the mannerisms I would do, uh, I would say Arsenic and Old Lace. I think that one had a large impact on me. Just doing, just a little, to stick to comedy. So, like, just watching the way uh, Mortimer would just kind of enter a room and just completely just melt down at any moment like he's something's gonna go wrong and just can't sit down can't catch a break <laughs> just being sporadic and doing the okay okay but i would say uh the film casablanca just uh for you know if you just do humphrey bogart voices you know sam is being a beautiful friendship <clears throat> minus the phlegm in the throat <clears> that's more brando method acting uh or the other characters or rick you must help me. I'm. I must escape. Yes, I'm a weasel, aren't you? Oh yes, but it's just you have to help me. Just little things like that. Uh, I, I've watched one too many films, and I think it just. Uh, if I could remember half the information I need for school, I'd probably be more success in life. But here we are. <laughs> it's funny what you remember, and <laughs> when you really need to remember something, it doesn't necessarily stick, like something for school. But a movie that you watched 10 years ago can stand out. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how it works because, well, it's entertaining. And I'll just keep watching in my head. Yes. Um, are there roles that you hope to get in future in theater? Right now, uh, I'm just kind of going, well, after just let my bones mend and heal. <laughs> and when it comes time, if there's a certain show I want to go out for, first, my fiance, she's going to kick me very hard in the shin. And then she's going to whisper me in my ear and she goes, remember that pain. If you do a high-octane comedy, that's what you're going to feel every night coming home. And I go, yes. So just remember that. 
honestly, I would love to do a, a drama. Really, kind of flip the script. Try. Uh, I want to challenge myself by doing something new and different. By sick doing the same thing, I just, it, it won't be as appealing. It won't be as fun. So I would love to try a drama. But if there was a show, if it ever came around, obviously I've already mentioned this. Arsenic and Old Lace. I I could not resist. That one, if I tried, I would have to audition for it on the spot. It's, it's just, like, that show is just, it's a lot of fun. It's just the uh, dialogue snappy, it's witty, it's fun. If I were to do another profane comedy, uh, Avenue Q, because I just want, selfishly, I want to play with puppets. <laughs> yeah, that would be okay. a fun show. <laughs> I'm guilty, guilty. I just want to be uh, just an inappropriate puppet. That would be so much fun. I haven't thought about that before. And we have got a couple puppeteers in our midst mm. that would bring that show to life for sure so you said the high octane shows and and uh your sweetheart kicking you in the shin so is that because you're you're throwing your body around on the stage and just like anything <laughs> both shows uh i would say i i've hurt myself <laughs> okay so fox in the fairway uh i'm almost positive so when we're running the show at super speed at the, oh, yeah. at the very the very end, and I second last show. I'm running out to get into the proposal stand, so my left knee hits the floor with great speed, and I'm skidding across the stage because I was like missed my cue. I was like, "Where's the ring? Where's the ring?" I'm like, "I got it." And I'm chasing Lauren out, and then just bum 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 bum, and I'm sitting there. I felt something popping. I'm like, "Justin doesn't feel pain. Jeff does." <laughs> So just keep going. Keep just keep going for the pain. Oh, so gosh. if anybody saw the Sunday show and they go, geez, he's uh, sweating profusely. Everything hurts. It's addictive, though, to get a laugh from a crowd. And when the, the adrenaline is going, it, it can get you through just about anything. And that final scene was kind of wild. Like, because you guys replay the whole show, right? But just in, like, yeah. super speed. Yes, did, uh, to the tune of the William Teller Overture. And did that take a lot of practice? Like, were you guys... How did that uh, work? Well, so it's in the script uh, that you replay the whole show, right? That's oh. part of the shtick. So we sat there... Well, Norm, he blocked it out, and so we would start gradually. He goes, okay, we're going to walk it. Jeff, like Jess and Louise, propose. And then your next thing, go to the closet. Ingham comes in. So we're finding our entrance and exits. And so every night we would start, it would be like our warm-up. We'd either walk it, hit beat for beat, and then we'd go on about the show. And then as we kept going, we'd get faster, 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 faster. And wow. so it just uh, all came together in the end. So was that blocked in the script? Or was it? did it just say, repeat the play super fast? That's exactly it. To the William Teller Overture. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So then you, so Norm would have picked the spots of, cause he, like it wasn't literally the entire play the whole way through. It was more the, the moments the, the of big beats, the big beats. Yeah. Uh, so then did so, he yeah. write that all out for you guys or it was just like you talked it through? Uh, he wrote it all out. He had a pen and paper and so he would just try it out and he would direct us where to be. And then he would sit there watching it, and he goes, okay, I want to just tweak this and change this. It, he, his famous last words would be, I, nope, nope, uh, one more thing. Um, mm, mm, uh, can we try this? Um, uh, Jeff, uh, do this, but, you know, funny. But, but, like, can you be funny, please? <laughs> yes. So uh, uh, you're, you're going a little bit psychopathic right now. I want you to bring it back to funny. 
<laughs> when you try to run okay. around doing that so fast, I can see that being just like manic panic running around. So, oh yeah, I gotta be funny too. Jeez, Louise, do you find? Did you find that having that run through though of the show helped you remember what you were doing in the show later on, especially if you practiced it right at the beginning? Sort of, like it did, like. Just knowing, actually, just doing the whole show itself, like, I know, I'm like, this is the beat I have to come in. This is, like, just, like, because I know from the dialogue, the sections, I'm like, Dickie comes in, and then I'm off, and then Dickie leaves, and then I return. Okay. So it's just uh, little things like that, and just it, practice, practice, and having wonderful castmates to remind me, like, Jeff, get your butt going! I'm like, okay! Sure thing. <laughs> you got it. Uh, so how do you how do you go about learning lines? <laughs> By uh, reading it, uh, reciting it, smacking my head into the table, <laughs> crying, go, why, God, why? <laughs> and then uh, finally breaking down, go, honey, can you read the opposite lines? That's and nice. she would graciously just sit on the counter and I'd be pacing through the kitchen. And she would it, she would be a little bit of a slave driver to a point where I would be hitting my dialogue. And she goes, nope, start again. Nope, start again. So she wanted you to be line, like word for word type thing. Word for word. Yeah, I like her <laughs> as style. much as possible. So when she finally saw the show, she's sitting there in the audience. I bet. No, no, you're going down. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell you exactly what you did wrong because I love you. <laughs> Said with love for sure. Said with love and conviction. That's awesome. I I like that you uh, you got her involved in that. Kind of does she get involved in the in the theater in other ways as well or? Just supporting me. That's enough of a job for one person. She's got to rein me in, and that is a job that I don't wish on my worst enemy. (laughs) But my future wife, yes, please. Okay, sign her up. (laughs) That's great. She must have a a wonderful sense of humor, though. Um, Oh, she has a different sense of humor than I do. I'm kid gloves compared to her. (laughs) How so? See, I will just know where the line is, and she's going to look at me, kind of give me a wink, and she goes, I'm about to jump over it. <laughs> yeah, um, so uh, where were we? Uh, so, yes, that's how I sustain the most current theater injury, but I think one of the most painful uh, was Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah, I would be sitting there, and I would be coming on stage covered in fake blood, and I would have uh, intestines made of like cotton and stockings shoved into my pants so at any moment I'm like I'm supposed to whoop, pull it out and kind of start hand talking with it and then start so I would have that action so uh, the first night I heal over dead but I usually keep popping them back up to say a couple lines you know just for comedy's sake but the first night I did it I smacked the microphone I mean badly so of course, the sound guy. Oh no, this one's a this one's a write-off. So every night I had to position the microphone, and I'm like, I'm not going to hit it. I'm not going to land on it. So I would inadvertently land directly on my side, and yeah, of course, it like stung. But doing it a couple nights in a row, it started to develop this horrifying bruise that I would name Quato that would almost <laughs> talk to me. <laughs> And just say, oh, you're going to hit me tonight, aren't you? Oh, my God. So I still remember the last show. I'm just, I'm like, okay, I'm about to hit the fall. I hit it. I was like, I'm going to brace it this time. I'm going to brace it. Missed. And I hit it harder than I've ever hit it oh, previous nights. And I'm sitting there, just don't move. Don't move. 
stay still. And <laughs> my scene partner, who was in Fox of the Fairway, uh, Lee, he was playing one of the Shemps, so he's got like a whole head rig where he's like has no head and he's running around like a headless like torso, and then he gets shot, and then he falls to the ground, and the joke was that he slides up and he cuddles me. So at this moment, I'm just sitting there in immense pain, and then I hear, and then he, I hear him scuttling up, and then he grabs me, and then he holds me so gingerly tight that it felt like a weighted blanket. I'm just like, oh my gosh, thank you. I love you. I love you, Headless, please. Oh man, your poor body. Like that, oh, the things we do. My goodness. I actually can't. Things we do to entertain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Were there any other, like, weird things that you had to do, especially, I would think, in in uh, Evil Dead that may have put your body at risk? Oh, I, I got, no, I, the stunts, but it was very well choreographed, and, uh, like, that one falling on the stage, that was all my own doing. <laughs> like, Trevor would just kind of put me, like, this is how you do a proper fall, and he would just break it down, he goes, these are the steps, like, safety is key, Trevor's very safety-oriented, so the only reason I hurt myself, because I'm like, it's funnier when it looks like that. So it was completely 100% me being a dum-dum. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but there are some things that happen on stage that uh, you have to you have to cover for, you know, so like an accident. Now, my the biggest accident, this had to be the second show. We have a moment where we're coming back from off stage, you know, getting a little frisky. And they're sitting down, like cross-legged, and we're playing a card game. And so I'm like, okay. So I sit down. My microphone pack shoots right out of my pants. I mean, whoop, laying it behind me. No one can kind of see it. I'm as trying to act the scene. I'm pulling on the wire. It's like, hopefully no one noticed. Don't see me. Don't see me. And I'm just going, I have to get this thing back into position. Because once this scene starts, Julie is going to become a possessed demon. And we're going to be running from one side of the stage to the other side of the stage. She's going to be grabbing me by the testicles and throwing me down. And then... To end it all off, I have to do a dance number where I have to do the tango with Ryan Metzler. So I just kind of go, what am I going to do? What do I do? So I just shove it right in the back of my pants. And I'm like, good to go. Oh, my gosh. So that was probably one of the like moments of like, what do I do on stage? I can't stop the show. Yeah. And being new to the stage, I'm like, what do I do? I'm in full panic mode. And everyone's yeah. like looking at me like, effort or is your line? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Come think on your feet. You gotta think on your feet. Uh, there's so many moments. Uh, uh, the, our last show of Fox in the Fairway, uh, the unthinkable thing ha finally happened. The vase hit the floor. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It, it hit the floor. It didn't break. Thank that goodness. thing was built to last. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is, it's a, we've already established in the show, it's a very expensive break. Very rare. Yes. Very rare. Yeah. So if it intentionally hits the floor, it kind of loses the mystique. Yes. Now, I had something in my back pocket the entire time because I know my, I can't really see well without my glasses. So I'm like, one of these days it's going to fly towards me and it's just going to maybe like reach out here and it's going yeah. the opposite side. Yeah. So I just always had in mind just like, Jesus, that thing's strong. Someone could really break an arm on that. Just, just in case it just did. Just in and case, yeah. But just in case. And it finally happened and people were laughing. They thought it was part of the show. <laughs> That's awesome. That's good that you prepared so, for that. I did. It, it didn't fool a couple people, and they go, you did that by mistake. Like, yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, I, I love that you prepared for that, though, because it's one of those inevitable things. You're tossing around an item, that, and you can practice and practice and practice, but 
things happen. It will happen. It will happen eventually. Murphy's Law. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we are getting close to that time. It goes by so fast every single time. But I like to leave this little bit of space at the end of the episodes to kind of give you open forum. If there's a special cause you want to bring awareness to or maybe a side hustle that you want to promote or anything at all, it's it's completely up to you. Well, I would like to thank everybody in the theater that welcomed me in, uh, showed me the ropes, tolerated me when sometimes I might have been intolerable for really giving me a chance and uh, really turning my life around. And I will be forever grateful. And I can't ever stop thanking my amazing fiance, Kendra. You know, just uh, getting to these rehearsals and sh- participating in the play, she had to be the rock here at home, be there with the kids to allow me to do this. And I am forever grateful and I love her. Aw. Aw, that's so cute. Aw, he has emotions. He has feelings. I love it when people talk about their spouses, though. I, I adore my husband. And so it... It, it warms my heart when other people talk about their loved ones, too. It's nice. It's, it's a wonderful mm. thing. Well, um, thank you very much for all the laughs. It's a shame that this is predominantly... It, it is a podcast. I'm hoping later to make it into a YouTube channel or, I don't know, I'm not very tech-savvy. But it is a shame that for most people, the first time they're going to be listening to this or seeing this or whatever is a podcast because you definitely have a lot of body humor and uh, expressions that are fantastic. I just actually wanted to say thank you to you because uh, it's part of my uh, bucket list to kind of do everything that I enjoy. And being a part of a podcast or doing a podcast was one of them. So check. I did it. You didn't think I could do it, Dad, but I did it. No support. (laughs) No support. I'm just joking. He supports me plenty. (laughs) I, I forgot about that. I should have written that down because you said you like podcasts, and I'm I'm definitely a podcast junkie. We'll have to do a follow-up episode someday. We can talk podcasts. Um, maybe <laughs> by then I'll great. have some good software that won't burst into flames if I go over time. But anyway. Yes. Plus, uh, I'm only scratching the surface. I have a lot of terrible stories. Ah, oh, dang it. <laughs> okay. You have to invite me back on so that way I can keep uh, joining a podcast. So that sounds you, you good. To, you gotta tie him in. You gotta rope him in, and then keep coming back. <laughs> keep coming back for more. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you. This was so much fun. I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you so much, and you have a great evening. You too. Thanks. Okay. Bye. bye. Okay, kids. That's all for this week. Tune in next week as I chat all things music with Frank Brennan. See you then.